it's difficult for me in this context because I don't know, I don't really know how to introduce you for this because because you you do a lot of different things, like you, <laughs> you know, because like when I, you know, I I know you as a photographer and an activist, and th th those are probably things that um you you it just come so naturally to you that you don't even think twice about it. You're know, calling yourself those things. Yeah, it's kind of true. I kind of just follow what, you know, I just do things <laughs> and don't really think that that counts me as, like, an activist. But I guess I am. <laughs> but yeah, but you, you've you been doing things, and, and we're talking about the pandemic and how it's affecting people. You've been doing things in a direct response to that. You've been making masks for people. I've seen that on Facebook. Um, yeah. you, you were down in Brighton where, where you've been living, just, you know, helping people, which is something that I think everyone appreciates. Very few people actually end up doing it. So that, yeah. that's very, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, um, I, I guess what, what's it been like <laughs> being sort of on, on the front line? Cause again, that might sound a bit over the top, but I think it's true. Yeah, I mean, during the first lockdown, um, I was doing volunteer work for um, a food company, Fairshare, and it basically, what they do is they get the food from the supermarkets, um, like food that's soon to go off or that's, um, you know, they, they just order a bunch of food from the supermarkets, yeah. and then um, they we help like organize it all and put out shipments for um different charities and stuff like that and um send it off so kind of like working in the before stage of a food bank yeah um and that was really that was really interesting to do that because i've never done something like that before um so yeah that that was really quite like fulfilling and interesting and met a whole range of people and hopefully helped a lot of people too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you, you have. And you, you said it was something that you didn't see yourself doing. Have you been surprised in general about how the whole situation has affected you? Um, yeah, I mean, what was quite annoying, because I've been struggling from mental health for a long time now, like probably about eight years now. Yeah. Um, and it comes and goes in seriousness of how bad it is and how much it restricts parts of my life and stuff. And in the past year, I got quite bad agoraphobia. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, that's being scared to leave the house and go outside. Yeah. And my agoraphobia just started getting better. Yeah, so it went away like two weeks before the lockdown, um, the first lockdown. And that was great. I was like, yes, I've made a great step in the right direction. And then the lockdown happened and I was like, oh, <laughs> now I can't go outside. <laughs> yeah. And part of me was like, why couldn't my agoraphobia have like hit me? <laughs> like before, like it was fine. If it was fine before and then it came about during the lockdown, I would be fine. <laughs> but no, it was the opposite. Well, but, it, yeah, that, that, that's amazing in the sense that um, I think so many people had... Um, not the opposite problem, but suddenly you're you're stuck inside, you you can't move around, and 
I think that makes people very anxious. Yeah. Um, for you, as someone who had been coping with that before, with a separate issue, with, with your agoraphobia, um, how, how did you kind of, I suppose, stay productive and keep yourself going? Yeah, so um, it was difficult. I'm not going to lie here. Like, it, it was yeah. difficult not being able to go outside and wanting to see friends. And I would make plans to see friends. And then just it would come to the time and I'd be like, look, I can't leave my house. Um, but I just tried to channel that into reading. Um, I've done, like, some knitting and right. just like other productive things and I'm very lucky I have um, a good support system of friends who would like help me go to the supermarket and stuff like that if I needed to get out or who would be happy to come round but of course that's not really an option for people now yeah. um, which must make it a lot more difficult um, but it it definitely sucks. Like I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It it sucked then, and it sucks with the lockdown. Yeah. Um, and it it must be really hard for people. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I think I think it's um, uh, it's all about coping, right? Like, uh, it, it's it's yeah. no, no one's ideal situation. But you were talking about um, reading, obviously. Uh, book sales have gone through the roof everywhere because of this and um and knitting i mean yeah. I, I i've known you for for over 10 years and i'd say that you have a more varied taste in you know music and books and um tv and and you and i geek out on dragon ball z a lot which i appreciate <laughs> yeah uh, that's good but, but what what in that in that sense what's kind of been keeping you distracted like culturally but I don't I don't you know culturally can can sound like a sort of lofty word I just mean yeah. what have you been binging in the last <laughs> nine months so I mean I've been um reading a lot of different books uh during the lockdown I have been reading a lot of books either written by doctors or nurses and um kind of trying to understand more about how great they are and how great the NHS is and everything like that because it, it's one thing you know to go out and clap um every Thursday as we were doing before in the lockdown like that's great it's a great show of support but I thought I needed to do more than that I needed to try and understand like how even just like every day um them working not even during this crisis just every day how it was for them and try to put myself in their shoes so there was this this great book um and it it's called a hundred ways to thank the nhs and all the profits from it go to um the nhs directly and it's basically um oh sorry who's it by um <laughs> adam k i think it is um okay. i just have a here, NHS, 100 Stories to Say Thank You by Adam Kay, or edited by him. Great. And he basically um, interviews and speaks to a lot of different celebrities, um, like comedians, musicians, like the whole range of stuff, and asks them about their NHS stories. And they just say their experiences, whether that was something serious, like struggling with breast cancer, 
or whether it's just an emergency room experience that they had, like one of them's like getting a cotton bud stuck in their ear kind oh, of thing. Right. Um, and I would definitely recommend giving that a read because it's, it's really, really good. And you know that you're doing good by buying it because, again, the money goes, all the money goes to the NHS to help support it. And that's really what we need right now. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for the recommendation. And it's, it's crazy because that definitely is rare. So it's very nice to know something's actually going to a public service, even if it is in the extreme minority. Yeah. Um, but um, you, you mentioned Clap for Carers, which is something that we all know about, we all remember, and was surprisingly controversial because I think a lot of people ended up coming out against it because people were associating the street and getting close to each other and it was kind of uh, stepping on the, the social distancing thing. But it, it obviously meant well. When you look at the news or just, you know, you go on your phone and you can't avoid these things, how are you happy or frustrated by you know the general media cycle seeing Boris Johnson giving these pretty open-ended press conferences every week yeah I mean to a certain extent I have been I don't turn on the news every day and watch it because I think it can be quite disheartening and it can cause especially I'm a um, very sensitive person I take on other people's pain quite easily yeah and it it can be too much and too overwhelming sometimes and can um, just make me quite low, really. So I don't watch it all the time. I keep up with, um, I'll check the news online and stuff like that. And then if there's an article that I want to read, then I'll click on that rather than just watching it on the TV, like on loop. Um, yeah. And I also follow a lot of like um, activists on like social media and stuff like that. So I'll I'll be scrolling through my feed, and it's and um, they mention more ways of things you can do to help, rather than just this is a crisis. This is how many people have died. Um, this is what we're doing, but it's not really getting anywhere. Or you know the same kind of thing because yeah. I do think that too much of the news can really bring some people down. Oh, and I, I'm I'm definitely one of those people, and I, I try to check it categorically on a daily basis and no more than that um I, I i'd like to think if something's really important i'll hear about it um yeah. from someone else but um yeah and, and you mentioned people uh can can kind of you know bring you down a bit when when as you said you're a very empathetic person and you're very sensitive to other people's pain i owe you an apology because <laughs> i definitely uh i've <laughs> been one of those people bringing I, I definitely bring the mood down um, but but thank but you thank good. you for listening like it definitely helped con it definitely contributed to my mental health because I take on a lot of people's pain but over the years it's like I've come to learn that it's really one of my strengths yeah. and it allows me to put myself in other people's shoes and it allows me to help people and stuff like that so definitely don't apologize like I, I love now being able to help people being someone to um listen to any struggles and help in any way I can um and yeah it is one of my strengths and it can be hard but at the end of the day I don't really wish it any other way because I think it is important to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes to be able to feel their pain sometimes it's what makes us all human um 
yeah <laughs> yeah and you, you you really helped me out at the time so thank you and 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 you, you definitely know that but you, you said that's something that you've kind of adapted to and you've, you've realized that's a strength rather than um a, a burden yeah and um which brings me to the next question which is um what do you think is the biggest difference between you now and when this whole thing started last march I mean, not a lot, really. Like, it's not, I'm not one of those people who's had, like, a crazy life discovery and I'm a completely different person. I'm not better or worse because of it. Um, I just try and take it one day at a time. And I guess that's kind of what we can all really do right now is just take our time every day and just try and check in with ourselves of how we're doing. I know a lot of people are doing loads of productive things and changing career paths and it's making them think um, twice about where their life is going and everything. But really, we need to just give credit to ourselves for making it through the day. You don't need, like, it's, it's great, it's fantastic, like, all these people who have, like, really had a second look at themselves and changing um, their views on life and ways to help and stuff. But really, if you're just getting through the day and you're the same person as you are yesterday and you've just made it through, I think personally, and speaking for others, that that's a really great thing. Yeah, ch change is going to come externally anyway. It's, it's, I, I definitely admire people who know who they are and, and kind of stick to themselves and, and, and you know, um, yeah. don't, don't feel the need to change necessarily yeah um, so, so that's great but materially more so um, we can't travel we can't see our friends we can't do any of the things that we took for granted is there anything that you miss because of all of this that you haven't been able to interact with yeah I mean um, <laughs> this sounds very menial but I miss dancing I miss going out and dancing and I don't mean like yeah. going out and like getting drunk at a club or something I mean I just would like to go and dance and the other day I actually um bought saw online like these scrunchies that you can buy that have like a zip in them and you can put like your money or your keys in them uh, so you don't need to bring a bag when you go out you just you know tie your hair up with them and it's all there and I was like this is great this would be great for when I go dancing I don't have to walk around with a bag and then I realized I was like wait when is the next time I'm actually gonna be <laughs> able to use these like so I have missed that a lot and of course I've missed seeing friends and all of that but you know, it all comes at a cost. I'd rather stay home and n not meet up with a friend than break the rules and put someone someone else potentially at risk. Yeah, and um, it, it, it must be particularly difficult for you because you're from London, you moved to Brighton for years, and you are isolating with family, if I'm not mistaken, Yeah. in neither of those places. So it's... You know, everyone, I think, is bored of the fact that they can't go on holiday or they can't talk about going on holiday. But as someone who is genuinely detached from home, how has that been? Do you, do you miss London particularly or are you just... Yeah, I mean, it's so I'm in Suffolk at the moment. And so I'm not in London or Brighton. During the first lockdown, I was in London for half the time. And then when it lifted, I went back to Brighton. And it was nice going... Um, being in like familiar places, I'm very 
lucky and privileged to be able to have different places to go, whereas that isn't an option for a lot of people. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. But it is difficult. But I feel like if you can get in a car and just... I, I The rules are really weird on this. If you can get in a car or go for a walk, just, you know... Uh, 45 minute walk or something to a different area I think it can be so beneficial especially to someone's mental health and just to try and get that change so you're not just sitting and you're like flat and just staring at the wall the whole time or going for a walk around the block because it, it is a weird time so I do miss being in Brighton and I miss my normal routine and everything like that and I miss my friends there and my friends in London not being able to see them but at the same time, because it's so abstract, the time at the moment, being away from them doesn't seem as bizarre as it would be if the world was how it was a year, uh, two years ago. Yeah, and uh, I guess staring at a wall for most people is probably pretty boring. But <laughs> as I said, you are a photographer. So <laughs> it's, it's um, in a way, you, you kind of, I guess, spend a lot of time um, and I was talking to a friend of ours about this yesterday, who does the same thing. Um, you you kind of have to look for interesting stuff in boring places, I suppose, things that seem boring. Yeah. You have to do that a lot more now when you're at home. How has this affected your photography? So it's affected it a lot because I take portrait photography. I'm a portrait photographer and a documentary photographer and I don't particularly do cityscapes or landscapes or still life so much. So not being able to see people and not being able to photograph them has been something which is quite difficult for me. Um, but I've just been trying to channel my creative abilities and stuff like that in like elsewhere. And when things get back a little bit more to normal then hopefully I can go back to taking people's <laughs> portrait um, photographs and all of that. Yeah and, and you're, you're an extraordinary photographer I remember being in your flat in Notting Hill maybe four or five years ago and you took a photo of me and I, I'm not going to name names but another one of your friends was there and she said oh you actually look really good in this picture so like you, you, you've actually <laughs> You, you did me a massive favour, which um, defies all logic and reasoning, so thank you very much. Um, you, you mentioned your agoraphobia. I've known you for, for a long time, as I've said, um, and you're always a very upbeat person. You're, you're very open about the fact that you've gone through some very difficult times with your mental health. Um, is there anything that you look back on now and you think well this this whole corona situation sucks but at least that's not happening anymore or you know it's something that kind of inspires you to just get through this because we've all had very difficult times in the past that I think people think about more these days yeah so there's a lot of things that I've gone through in the past and I've made it through and there's a lot of dark places that I've been both mentally and physically and environmentally and I think and I have made it through that and that's like I'm very proud of myself for that and I'm by no means at the other end I still suffer every day with mental health um 
with anxiety, with depression. I've diagnosed with bipolar type 2 and borderline personality disorder. So it's always a constant struggle for me. But every day, just being able to get up and live the day and still be standing here is its own little achievement for me so I even if it's just looking back to yesterday and being like oh yeah yesterday I made it out of bed so today I'm gonna try and make it out of bed like people don't realize that the fact that we're still here is you know an achievement in itself like the fact that um people with mental health have gotten up every day they've made it through every single day of their life so far like it sounds so weird to say but it's it shows great strength and going back to the point how like how you mentioned that I'm very um I when people see me I can be very upbeat and stuff like that I just think it's important to touch upon the fact that a lot of people especially who suffer from depression might come across as very very upbeat and cheery and happy but they may be suffering deeper down so anyone listening just if you always reach out to your friends like you could think someone's perfectly fine and coping like amazingly and being the most like cheery positive person in the world but deep down they might be struggling and so don't say things along the lines of oh they can't be depressed they're so happy like or things like that because it's just mental health is such a complex thing that even the scientists and doctors don't fully understand it yet um and so just yeah always be aware of that just because of some the way someone presents themselves doesn't necessarily reflect how they're feeling no and it, it's something that's very difficult to explain to people I think who haven't uh, experienced that either on subjectively or objectively you yeah. and I unfortunately have um have both lost someone because of that I, I yeah. think from presuming that that they were okay when they weren't so um yeah. very well said um in, in my opinion and um it's 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 such an easy thing to say that you're going to do it but uh yeah um checking in with your friends is what friends are for, I guess, and um, yeah. we can all we can all do a better job of that. We should we should all try and do a better job, um, yeah. and yeah, it, it's that that that's amazing. Um, just thinking about, as as you said, the the kind of perception issues around this stuff. I I, I suppose what we were talking about earlier, a lot of people have tried new things, tried to maybe get away from old things um, and, and kind of start fresh. I, I know you're sticking to, to what you're doing, but have you picked up any kind of new hobbies or anything? I mean, a year is a long time. You will yeah. come across some new, new stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few things. Like, I mean, uh, again, not trying to like toot my own horn, but like I've been doing a lot um more charity work now that I've got the time to so I start um during the first lockdown I was sewing scrubs for the NHS for the doctors and nurses which was definitely a new hobby I hadn't sat at my sewing machine in probably about seven years now um and that took up a lot of time and that was really good and healthy for me so I was doing that um which helped and again I mentioned before about working with um, the food charities 
And then also one thing that I've got more time to do now, which is great, is my, well, this is sad story, but a friend of mine um, suffered an accident and has damage to his spinal cord mm. and his oh, family oh. are trying to um, raise money for his rehabilitation. And so what I've been working on is I've been printing out um, some of my photographs and um, making them into cards and postcards and selling them for a small fee and all the profits go to them. So that's definitely something which I've had time to do now, which I probably wouldn't have been able to before. Yeah, and, and Jesse, I don't know who's going to listen to this, but if, if you want to divulge any details about how people can help with that, then please, by all yeah, means. Yeah, so um, my uh, Instagram is jessy.pixy.rose, um, and I'm selling my um, postcards and um, cards through that, but the charity itself is Tom's Fights, Tom's fight and it's on there's an Instagram page for it and there's also a website um tomlazaridis.co.uk uh, yeah. um to donate money or you know just support um you can message the family directly and just let them know that they're you're there to help I know a lot of um celebrities and athletes because um Tom the boy who's suffering at the moment he was a swimmer um and Mo Farah um, also did like a message to him, which they've posted on their Instagram and stuff. So wow. it's it's quite it's quite nice if you if anyone just wants to go have a look at their Instagram and just give it a follow or yeah, just show some kind of support. Yeah, and that that is um, that's a really horrible thing to hear because um, I, I, any injury is terrible, obviously. Uh, but, but when you're when you're an athlete of any kind and you enjoy doing sports, um, yeah, it, it it must be the worst thing in the world. So um, I I really hope he gets better. So anyone who um, wants to help with that, that, that that's all the information you need. Just just get on Instagram, and that that's a great thing too that that we can help each other through social media when we need to. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, talking to Jessie Wyman, uh, activist and photographer, even if she doesn't agree with that. Strict, defi <laughs> strict definition, all-around good person. Um, th th thanks for, thanks for, for doing this, Jessie, and I'm just going to ask you one last question, um, if, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. What would you say to people who are going through some really difficult times through corona it, it, you know to the point where that there are no distractions really people who have lost family members people who have lost jobs um people who are homeschooling their kids with no clear window of sending them back to school um as someone who is coping with it very admirably getting on the front line helping people what would you say to to those people who are really struggling just reach out, reach out for support, reach out to your friends, to your family. I mean, especially if you've got mental health, but also even if you don't have mental health issues, like you're allowed to still feel like crap. You're allowed to still feel low and don't feel like you can't reach out to someone because they might have it worse or anything like that. Just 
reach out and speak to people let them know that you're suffering everyone it's it's an extraordinarily like bizarre time at the moment so just you know if whether that's reaching out to your friends whether that's reaching out to doctors um the samaritans is a great charity where you can just call up it's it's um not professionals that answer the phone it's just everyday people and you can just have a chat and it, about anything you don't need to be struggling in a detrimental way you can just if you're feeling a bit low you can talk to them i mean reach out to me even <laughs> if if you feel yeah. like you don't have someone to reach out to like I said my Instagram, you can always send me a message, I'll always reply, um, and just just let people know, this. it's all we really have at the moment is one another, so just don't, don't feel like you're putting a weight, an, un, an extra weight on someone by asking for help, because that really is what we all need right now, and we're only going to get through it with the help of one another. So, yeah. yeah. And you, you have such an infectious way of doing that, because I, I remember um two or three months ago now ba basically falling into that kind of headspace and and suddenly feeling really terrible and you you and i obviously with the pandemic haven't been able to catch up a lot um but my first thought when i was having that anxiety attack was oh i'll, I'll drop jesse a message <laughs> she'll know what to do and you did um so so that's very very reassuring and, and very nice to hear <laughs> Yeah, always. I'm I'm here for anyone and everyone who feels like they need someone to talk to. Sometimes it's easier to talk to someone that you may not know as well. Obviously, I know you very well. But I mean, like, yeah. it's it, sometimes it's easier to talk to someone outside of your friend group, outside of your bubble, and stuff like that. So honestly, I'm I'm not joking. If anyone just wants to send me a message and just be like, "Hey, this thing sucks at the moment," like. Do you want to have a chat? <laughs> I'm more than willing, more than happy to. Yeah, and you, you guys, whoever's listening, super lucky, because as you can tell over the course of the last half an hour, probably one of the nicest human beings in the world is, <laughs> is willing to give you the time of day, so, so don't take that for granted. Thank you very much to Jesse Wyman. Thank you. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Jesse as much as I did. Uh, it's fascinating. I'll just take the opportunity to remind you to donate to Tom's Fight, which is the charity that Jessie mentioned she's been raising money for. Um, you can buy some of her postcards towards that goal of raising money f to, I believe, make Tom's life easier in terms of readapting um, from his terribly unfortunate spinal injury so please take the opportunity to do that and at least have a look at the postcards i've ordered some of them and they're absolutely lovely so thanks again to jesse uh next time i'll be interviewing miguel cullen who's a journalist and poet from argentina by way of london and we spoke a lot about how the pandemic has been affecting people differently in south america to over here in England. So it was a really interesting discussion and I hope you will join us for that one next time. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening.